Good evening, excuse me, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you may be listening to this podcast. This is the Better Than You Pod coming to you another week of black excellence, man. We're just going to start off like that with black excellence. Go around the room real quick. We haven't done that in a while. We've been on some sad shit, you know, still on some salute to Kobe. You always got to say that. It's a sad situation, but we want to start off with some black excellence. But let's go around the room real quick. B, what's good? Everything is good, man. You know what I'm saying? Joe and life. Good. Joe, what's happening? Uh, not much, man. Everything is good. Like the man right. said. No doubt. And life Vegas is beautiful. Okay. So I don't believe Ant when he said it, though. I think the voice was you know, unconvincing. Let's start this part off on some on some super dope black excellence. Um, we'll start off with the Oscars and the celebration of Hair Love, which won Best Animated Short Film, uh, thanks to its creator, Matthew Cherry. And the person who greenlit it, a person of color, excuse me, uh, Karen Rupert Tolliver, who is the executive VP of executive VP of creative at Sony Animation. I haven't had a chance to see that. I don't know. Has anybody actually seen the film? No. No? Okay, well, see, it don't even matter. We still we still shouting them out. We're still celebrating them. Wow. Still celebrating black, black excellence. I know, Joe, you had some more insight onto how this guy even greenlit or how he even, he even got to the, um, to the screen. Oh, um, was it uh, Matt Cherry? He did, uh, he did crowdfunding. Uh, I think it was Kickstarter and, like, Indiegogo to uh, get the short film off the, off the ground or whatever. Uh, it's a man who's um, telling a story about uh, doing his daughter's hair, you know, for the first time. And uh, it actually featured uh, Issa Rae doing, like, voiceover or whatever. Oh, uh, I didn't see it, but um, I saw, like, you know, clips of the images, and it was great, you know, seeing black folks in animation and stuff like that, especially for the kids. Um, real positive. And um, it's cool. You spoke about Kobe earlier. Kobe won the same oscar like two years ago and uh the mm-hmm. brother the brother matt Cherry shouted out kobe uh right. at the end of his speech or whatever and um i really don't have much to say on it but it's just great to see um this man he played college football he played a little bit in the nfl nothing major and to see uh even though he wasn't like a 20-year like superstar and pro sports it's mm-hmm. great to see how he had this um second act in him after having a short time in nfl I know he's worked on like other projects. Um, you can Google him and find out more about him. I'm sorry I don't have more on him, but it's just um, it's just a beautiful thing to see a brother, young brother up there shining, getting an award for this piece that he did like for his daughter, and uh, it's just great, man. It's black excellence, you know what I mean? No, that I'll be. I'll actually want to ask B a question as a single father, and I know we didn't see it, but just given the synopsis of kind of what Joe did, Joe gave, in terms of him doing his daughter's hair. Like just even just the story of it, did that does that resonate? I mean, yeah, hell yeah, I didn't fuck my daughter out before, of course, my nigga. Like, <laughs> but but I would be real with you, like it kind it kind of resonates, like when you're on an island and you got to do something and she got to go somewhere. But typically, it's it don't be me because I'm bad at it. You know what I mean? Even when she was young, I'm trying to find anybody. And people are always ready to oblige. That's really how it works. I'm gonna be honest with you. Come mm. clean. Is that how you put a lot of chicks? I just want to know. You don't have to answer. Um, 
have being a dad is how you meet a lot of women. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> yeah, but no, nah, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like it's just like the regular shit you do. <laughs> like they're there. Matter of fact, like when you go when you when you go to like parent teacher conferences, like it'd be like me and a whole bunch of you know I me mean, moms and shit. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We gonna move on. We gonna move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we gonna move on. Um, I've been holding out and being strong by by not watching Power all season long. I want to thank. I want to congratulate myself by not watching it. <laughs> but the Power finale just happened this past weekend, I believe. Um, and I'm gonna go to you first. Were you satisfied with the finale? No. I'm not much really elaborating on. I mean, we kind of went back and forth about it. I think there's only so many obvious candidates. Can, can we say who shot him? Yeah. Yeah, okay. we might as well. Yo, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We about to spoil power for you. It's a it's a series and it's not a movie, you know what I'm saying? So you could spoil shit like a week later. All right, go ahead. Nah, 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 nah. Well, well, he got murdered by his son, which is a nice little twist. Well, his son's going to become the next ghost. Tasha goes to prison. Everything kind of goes on. As a matter of fact, I didn't even really care for the episode that much. I actually waited to the very end. And apparently I thought there was going to be one spinoff, but it's going to be, is it three? Is it four? It's four, bro. It's four. I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm actually more interested in that. Than anything else, like I like I just kind of wanted to stand. They just kind of kind of kept dragging on. They could have settled this shit a lot sooner, but I guess. Well, hold hold up, hold up. Uh, (laughs) Ain't the same bullshit. And let let me get into it and shit. Let me talk a little more passionately about power. First off, Ant said like two three weeks ago that power was trash because he knew that Ghost's uh, new girlfriend Ramona killed him. And Brian said, well, if she didn't kill him, you still gonna say it's trash? And I forget what Anthony said. He probably still says trash <laughs> anyway. But right. the long and short of it was this. When they came back for these five episodes, they uh, gave us a couple backstories on different characters. And the one before the finale, they gave us a pretty extensive backstory on Tate. Showed us more of his family, yeah. a little more of his life, and kind of set up what his next act is going to be. Now, at first, I thought that episode was trash till rumors started coming out about him being in a spinoff. Now, like Ant said, he gave the whole shit away. He ain't just say Tariq killed him. He said Tasha went to jail. Now, you could, if you haven't seen it yet, you probably didn't want to see it or whatever. If you get around to it, you can, you can still enjoy the episode. It was extended. It, I think it was about like 72 minutes and shit like this. And I think it was a really good episode in the way they finished it up. And I'm going to spoil this in the fact that it was a cameo from 50 um, as Kanan, kind of like an aberration and shit that um Tariq was seeing when he was in right before he shot his father and Cannon character basically said you're gonna let a bitch do your work talking about his mom and he said yo it's got to be you it always had to be you and I like that part because for the last like season and a half everybody was saying yo Tariq gonna kill his father you know what I'm saying and then they threw all these little twists and shit at us the last couple episodes or whatever. And we was wondering what was going to be what. But at the end of the day, like we all thought in the beginning, Tariq killed his father. Now, Anthony said he's going to become the next ghost. I don't know about all that. 
We have to see what's going to happen. But we got these four spinoffs to see. And the first spinoff is happening like as soon as the summer hits. That's Power Book 2, uh, Ghost. And that's going to pretty much feature Tariq, who is in college now, which is crazy. And his mom in jail. And all I know is that Mary in it. She looking fine. Fucking uh, Method Man in it. And uh, there's going to be a lot of other characters that are going to like carry on. This is kind of like the direct like continuation of the shit. You know, then they got like the other spinoffs. There's Power Book 3, Raising Canaan. That's going to be about 50s character story. Then they got Power Book 4, Influence. That's going to pretty much follow Lorenz Tate's character as he becomes governor and shit like that. And then Power Book 5, Force, is going to pick up with Tommy, who we saw leave in uh, the episode before last, to go out to California. He's going to pick up his like new life and how he's moving out there. So I dig it as a fan of like, Sorry. Less. I dig it personally as a fan of um what uh I think it was Dick Wolf did with like all the Law and Orders <laughs> and different spinoffs and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like the original Law and Order, fucking Law and Order SVU that's been on for a couple of decades, you know what I'm saying? And Criminal Intent, all these different ones. So I, I like the fact that folks a lot of folks are like, oh, why they got all these spinoffs? I like the fact that they're building out this franchise which is predominantly black cast and shit like that. And I'm happy these motherfuckers are still getting money. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what you think about it, Brian? Shit, I mean, I like the fact 50 running a Ponzi scheme on these oh. motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you get in the door and you put out as much fucking content as you fucking can, especially riding the wave of the big thing that he had. Now he puts out a whole bunch of little things. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like the fact that he's making this shit the next Star Wars and all that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, who else is doing that? 50. I got to appreciate that shit. But back to this real... Really back to this ant shit though. Like <laughs> yo, ant represents the type of person right now. And like I really wish it wasn't him. But it's the shit like <laughs> like a nigga that just needs to be negative about some shit because that's the cool thing now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you had to hate all these episodes and now this, the finale that gave you all the things you said you wanted to have, you know what I mean? Like you personally, right? But also it had twists in it. You know what I mean? It tugged at your heartstrings. It connected things. Mm-hmm. How I mean, as far as finales go, this is a top finale. You know what I mean? And this nigga still say he didn't like it. Like, compared to what? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I bet you this nigga didn't say that about the Sopranos episode. They faded to black. You know what I mean? This nigga, yeah, I don't know, man. Yo, and then, after saying he don't <laughs> like this episode, say that he souped up a little bit about the spinoffs. No, nigga, he's... These last couple episodes set up the spinoffs, nigga. Yeah, and, I, don't, and, I don't know. And like, oh, yeah. You know, we on, um, anybody else anything on, on power? I don't want to move off if anybody got to um, I, I just want to say that, like, the six-year run that they had was really impressive. You know what I'm saying? Um, It could have easily been a show that did, like, maybe two or three seasons, and then folks might just cancel just because... Uh, we got a little buzz. We're going to pick up some other kind of like white shows and do whatever and shit. Kind of like it took The Wire about like eight years to do five seasons because niggas was like, I don't know if you really want to see all this black shit, you know? I like the fact that um, 50 kept his fucking foot on niggas' necks, you know what I'm saying? And was like, nigga, watch power. Watch power, you know what I'm saying? All his shenanigans and all that shit. And I just love the way 50 moving, you know what I'm saying? Pause. Um, but, uh... Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and he and he ain't just stopping at the power spinoffs either, you know. Right, he's on. He's also on ABC, which is debuting tonight, the uh, For Life series. 
again, like I said, that's starting tonight. We're recording this on Tuesday. So hopefully uh, by by the time you hear this, you would have already seen it. And if not, you can check your Hulu or if you got the app or whatever, go check it out. Got to support Queen. Oh, excuse me. Got to support 50. <laughs> um, his new episode coming out for life. So 50 is just really moving into a, you know, a mogul stage. And, I, and, and to be honest, I don't honestly know if we've seen anybody move the way 50 is moving through the industry right now. And I'm including Dre, Jay, and uh, Puff in that situation as well in terms of how they're moving through this entertainment industry. And Nobody putting, moved and in it better than Louis Gossett Jr. And this, Shout out to Louis Gossett Jr., man. Why? Why? Shout out to Louis Gossett Jr. I don't, I don't know Louis Gossett Jr. album, but I'm just saying in terms of where 50 came from and how he moved throughout the industry and how he no. set himself for success. Yeah, the cool thing. Network TV yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I won't cut you off. I'm going to cut you off. I'll no, cut no, you no. off. But, nah, the thing with 50, man, I love it because it's like he came out, he started, he did a couple movies, and that folks watching did a couple movies that not everybody watched, but he kept doing it, you know what I'm saying? And kept producing the shit, and he kept being in front of the camera and also behind the camera. got all skinny for a movie. Yeah. Like nigga. a crackhead. Yeah, that Shout was ill. Like, he, he took the acting shit seriously, and mm. seeing that, he took the behind-the-scenes shit seriously, and, like, he a hustler. He saw another lane to get money, you know what I'm saying? He could always, like, tour on his old hits or even put out some new music and catch a banger, but it's like he know... He want to get all that money back that, you know, he got that vitamin water money and they said he lost a big chunk of that shit with some kind of like random investments. But now we seem to find his lane. And like you said, it's big for him to be on ABC. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be an Anthony right now, but I, I wonder how, how long that show going to last on ABC. I'm, I'm just saying that. I hope for, for a while. But yeah. um, if I mean, I'm it doesn't seem like a long season. Season. Uh, you know, it, it, it seems like something might get a season or two or something like that. But yeah. you know, even that is a. Even that is motherfuckers getting paid, you know? That's right. hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars in niggas' pockets. You know what I'm saying? So, And like I said, I think it's a limited series, so I think he's already shot it from beginning to end. It's going to get its full run. Oh. Be the entire thing. I don't think it's oh, a full good. You know, I think it's a limited series, so you'll be able good. to see what happened and how it plays out and then the ending of it. So, which is dope, which is dope. You know what I'm saying? Which can set him up for a myriad of things to come. Which I think is though. So salute to Fifty. That's just more black. That's actually just more um, black excellence shit going on. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. but now on to some, for lack of a better term, some black fuckery. <laughs> and I'm reading this from Fox 32 in Chicago. Empire actor Jesse Smollett was indicted Tuesday in Chicago by Special Prosecutor Dan Webb, stemming from the alleged racist and anti-gay attack on him that occurred. <clears throat> In January of 2019, Smollett is due in court February 24th at the Criminal Court Building at 26 in California as he is indicted on six counts accused of lying to the Chicago police when he reported the attack last year. Special prosecutor, excuse me, Special Prosecutor Webb said Smollett faces six counts of disorderly, con- disorderly conduct and so on and so forth. Um, I think this is just an ongoing thing that we've been speaking about since the inception And, you know, if you listen to this pod, when we first spoke about it, we kind of thought it was some bullshit, you know what I'm saying, as as everybody else did. And now you are seeing the uh, city, or rather the state, the district attorney step up 
well, maybe step up is a bad choice of words, but step into uh, charging Jesse Smollett with six counts. Man, I'm uh, one of the accused of lying to Chicago police. Go ahead, Joe. Man, I'm going to say this, man. Them niggas is being really vindictive with the nigga Juicy, yo. The fact is, Juicy tried to pull a fast one for the pub. He got caught out there. Yeah, he did some shit, but I mean, it's fucking Chicago, yo. There's worse niggas to prosecute than fucking Juicy, you know what I'm saying? He's just trying to get his shit off, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think it should just let the shit die. And uh, I'll be, I feel some kind of kind of way, really, if he actually has to, like, go to jail. You know what I'm saying? If anything more than, like, a couple of, like, months or some shit like that. Like, if they get this nigga and make him, like, do, like, a year or two or some shit, like the nigga 6'9", for pulling this hoax there, I, I'll feel some type of way, man. I think you should just let Juicy live, yo. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I mean, uh, I think the thing is, yo, you're right, man. These motherfuckers is petty as shit. Like, but they're embarrassed. Like, he embarrassed the hell out of them. He embarrassed the hell out of Chicago. They was all on TV. TMZ was talking about him, like, for this shit. And so, you know, there's like a whole room dedicated to taking this motherfucker down. And so, like, I I know that they have to have a solid case, whatever it is, because they can't be embarrassed again by this same guy or they would have just left this shit alone. You know what I mean? So they're going, he's going to go to jail, yo. I mean, he's going to do some time for, for, really? for this shit that he did to them. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Damn, man, I feel like they're doing juicy, like terrible, man. Shit. Made a point out of a nigga. I mean, he an activist when it comes down to it for gay rights, for black right. rights and shit. And shit, his mama was a Black Panther or something. He said that or some shit in one of them interviews, man. It's like, damn, yo. It's almost like they're trying to do juicy like they did the brother Malcolm X. Everybody you know? in the neighborhood was a Black Panther. Tell yeah. it. You know what I mean? I don't want no nigga using that as an excuse. He don't, yeah. He's not an activist because of that. Yeah, yeah that's what I said. Out, I need you know what I'm saying? Yo, what did, he, what did he do? You know what I mean? He like, sung beautiful like songs that. on Empire about blackness and, and, and gayness. Yeah, see? This shit's weird. I don't know if he this thing's weird. Gay <laughs> Tupac, as he said. Yeah, <laughs> nigga, man. Like, yo. I don't, I don't take him serious. He's a weirdo, a goofus McDoofus. He ain't shot to us. Yeah. The definition of what real niggas are. What, whatever it is, yo, exactly. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is like, he did this shit. Like <laughs> a lot of niggas did do this shit. Like he did this shit. So, I mean, him going to jail, I don't give a fuck. Except for like it. It can't be like little ten years and shit like that. I'll be like, that's fucked up. Give him like three be... months, maybe like maybe six months. No, don't let they Juicy give him jail for a year. Nigga, they put little Kim in jail for a year for not ratting. This nigga made them spend money. Come on, uh, man. He might do a whole year today. <laughs> and and you know what, man? And that's if he's lucky. I don't know what Juicy might be. What he. He might do good inside, yo. Get get off of that, man. Cause I don't I don't feel like it works like that. He might do good. I mean, he could sing, he could dance. You know what I'm saying? He like men, 
So as long as he aligned himself with the right, you know, nigga to protect him and shit, he might enjoy it. He might find love, yo. I don't know if it works. What was that Rihanna song? We found love in a in a hopeless place. I mean, jail a hopeless place or some yeah, shit like that. Niggas don't be trying. That I don't think it works like that. That nigga know he gonna come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. He might come out swollen, and shit. Become a movie star, action hero and shit. Be the gay rock, nigga. All right, let's move on. Actually, let, let me let me tighten up real quick because I think this is um um I took it serious watching it and there was a lot of information that I learned on top of what I already knew in regards to the new Netflix series called Who Killed Malcolm X and it was uh, done by investigative journalist Abdur uh, Rahman Muhammad mm-hmm. who by his own chest. <laughs> Obsessed with the uh, the murder of Malcolm X and who actually killed Malcolm X. And I'm not going to go do a deep dive into it and go to the end right now because I think there's a lot to really unpack in between when he first started his investigation until the end. I can say that I was captivated by the actual documentary. There were a lot of things that I learned about, the that not necessarily about Malcolm X, but about around how his demise happened. I'll, I'll speak directly to that as of things that I just didn't know and how deep that it went within the actual Muslim community from Elijah Muhammad to Malcolm X and so on and so forth. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure we all got to watch it from all, I think it's five five uh, episodes, if I'm not mistaken. We all saw it, correct? I think it was six, but yeah. Six, okay. So six as uh, six episodes, which I think uh, is really, again, like I said, it's captivating because everything that you think you knew about Malcolm X, we're not talking about anything that he's done or anything his his works were about. It's really about getting to the bottom of who actually murdered this man and how it all came about from beginning to end. And I thought that the docu- documentary really explored it from. The J. Edgar Hoover side, which is the FBI, all the way over to the Muslim side and how they may or may not have been involved in the murder. And I say that giving respect to the Muslim community from a lot of Muslim brothers that I spoke to about this to get more information, especially the ones that were that I know in Newark. And some of you guys may have some more insight into that as well as we know a lot of us on here from Jersey per se. But I just thought that it was really informative for me in terms of what happened and how his demise came about. I don't know who wants to go first. I just wanted to give my kind of wrap up of it, what I what I felt about when I was watching it. I mean, I thought it was a I thought it was really cool to see. You know what I mean? I I thought like the way that he had this relentless pursuit of like the idea of answering a question. Um, I thought that was kind of dope to me, you know what I mean? No matter the cause, but what made it even doper was because I, you know, I cared about the cause more. And so I liked the fact that he put together the information that never really is, and, and never really joins in on the same paragraph. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are, um, there are a lot of people on the side of, you know, everybody loved Malcolm. There's a lot of people on the side that Malcolm was hated. You know, and those those conversations never really end up 
in the same paragraph. You know what I mean? Was was Malcolm um, cool with the NOI or was he out of the NOI? You know, most people don't address the complete story behind that shit. So it, I mean, that was dope. You know what I mean? I, I thought that was that was really cool to see, and I I, I kind of liked the way he um he kind of actually went up to people and and spoke to people you know who were alive then who were actually there um he really connected police officers and members of the NOI um he he went through FBI documents and and found out that you know how many uh, actual snitches they had i mean it was it was kind of dope so yeah like i liked it yeah, I enjoyed it too. I mean, it, it was pretty thorough. Um, as soon as I saw like that they were gonna have a documentary up there, I was like, oh shit, I gotta watch this. I think we was all about the same with it. Yeah. And uh, it's great. I mean, you read like the autobiography of like Malcolm X and shit, and you of course saw like fucking Spike Lee movie. I'm sure you probably read more shit on that affiliated with it too, Brian, because you're reading that nigga. I appreciate that shit. But just from all the shit that I didn't read or like watched or like seen over the years, it was cool to see this man put like a lot of like stuff that I didn't know if was fact or fiction at the fact. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, he really had like convos with cops that were like seemed pretty damn proud to say that they was fucking um, running like surveillance on fucking uh, Malcolm for all that time and shit like that. And um, yeah, I mean, it it was really interesting. Like, um, I don't think that I knew that uh the maybe i might have saw it somewhere and something i read somewhere before but it felt kind of new to me that the killers were like from jersey i'm uh, from north and shit uh from that mosque i think it's on like south orange Ave, like fucking like university hospital is now and shit but um that they were the brothers that actually handled the business you know what i'm saying again malcolm x and that the the, the known and supposed killers like walking around and like you know just living his life undercover for like years. I think I actually saw that when when the brother got out of jail some time back. But um, yeah, I mean it was really informative. You know what I'm saying? Um, and again, if you read like an autobiography of Malcolm X, or if you saw a movie and uh, a lot of stuff, um, you got to see. Oh shit, word that really happened. Word word. But it, it got like so much deeper. And um, like y'all said, I really appreciate the brother that um was obsessed with this to the point that he. Really yeah. got down and dirty, got some answers, cause it wasn't like this dude was like fucking police or some shit like that, or some like fucking like great scholar. You know what I'm saying? He was just a brother that fucking did the dirty work. You know what I'm saying? It kind of reminded me of those weirdos in fucking uh, Don't Mess with Cats, except this motherfucker yeah. was on the floor, on the ground floor, and the shit he was looking for was some like real shit. Who killed Malcolm yeah. X? But nah, Anthony, did you see it? Yeah. Well, before I even get into it, I want to pose this question. After after watching the whole thing, do do any of y'all feel any sense of satisfaction? Um, personally, well, me honestly, I mean, I figure it could both be the same thing, but honestly, it's it's one of them things. I don't feel any closure because the fact of the matter is, the brother died when he was like. When he was finally on his own, his eyes seemed a little be like open, you know what I'm saying? It's probably Malcolm's best um, years he had ahead of him, you know what I'm saying? Because when he was young, fucking his mind was controlled by all the crazy shit he had to go through. And then when he got then when he got like rescued by Elijah in the nation, you know what I'm saying? He spent all that time, I wouldn't say like brainwashed, but like 
being like Brian said, he was, he was, yeah, he was a true believer of what he was um, going for. And I mean, I, I won't say I can't say anything too bad about Elijah Muhammad. You know what I'm saying? Because he, for one thing, he did like create this uh, organization that straightened out a lot of brothers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, he wouldn't. He went all the way a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like so. I don't know. It's just the fact. It's just a sh- I don't feel any closure or any kind of satisfaction because it's like after the brother got through the the fucking troubles of his childhood and kind of just being this totally focused on this one man's mission who wasn't even all the way hunted with him. You know, he finally got to see what Islam was really about, and he finally was able to take everything he learned through his years to say, okay, let me see what I can really do to uplift the people. Then he was like taken out, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, it's like fuck, man. Yeah, man. I don't think there's closure. And yeah, no, no, I, I get it, I get it. You know, cause I, I watched the whole thing, and like, I believe just as everybody else, there's certain facts that just came about that just kind of like blew your mind. Like, I think the part that kind of caught my attention a lot was basically. You know, he loses his house. Then he mentioned that he only had like $150 to his name. He has a wife and all these children and everything else like that. And no one's able to help him and look out for him. Like, like this, this is a guy that we celebrate. And I, and I don't mean in the sense of saying, you know, this is Black History Month. You should probably read the autobiography of Malcolm X. It's one of the things that is, he's someone that people idolize and think about year round for his stance on things. Uh, the course of his life, the way that, you know, it, it proves that, you no, know, you can change. You don't have to be the same person all the time that, you know, you can become better. You can be strong in your convictions and everything else to that degree. It, and I do appreciate that this the gentleman that was the reporter was just so dogged on the entire thing. And I think when, you get one of the things where you're just obsessed with. Like I said, he idolized him. And like I said, something about how everything went down just didn't stick right with him. He spent so much of his, his life like trying to, you know, uncover this and trying to figure this out. Like this wasn't, I don't think, a short process. It probably took years upon years to get this, you know, resolved and established. And I like at the end, I just didn't feel a sense of clarity from him. Like I think he just felt like he was so close and like this is the guy, people pretty much confirmed it, so on and so forth. But like the guy passed away then like I I never get a chance to ask him that question and see if he would give me an honest answer. And I want to have all this evidence and everything points to you. A video of you being there, people describing what you look like, everything. And this king, he, I mean, he answered every single question we could probably have about the assassination of Malcolm X. But the reason I felt a little bit disappointed, not in a bad way, just that, like, the one pertinent question, which is basically the thing is who killed Malcolm X, we found out the who. But we just want to hear that why or just, just something a little bit more. But all in all, I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, it was a lot more surprising than I thought it was. Of information. A lot of knowledge, a lot of things I gained from it. It's something I'm definitely going to revisit sometime in the future. But, I mean, <clears throat> I think the most important thing that I took away from is that, I mean, he, he speaks about the investigation, but you kind of see this this course of Malcolm's life. Like I said, you see that shift from him becoming one person to another. And I was just impressed by that. I'm, I'm always impressed by those who really stand strong in their convictions. And no matter what, they never sway. They believe in it. He, he believed one thing when he found out that wasn't the truth or it wasn't the true way. He found another path and, and nothing just, just made him from it. He stayed on it. So I think if anybody who hasn't watched it, I mean, it'll be available. Give it a watch. It's a great show. And um, yeah, that's all I really got to say about it. 
Yeah, you know what? I think like um like the movie and like the autobiographies and like other like biographies written about it. I think one of the coolest things is like we got figures like uh like you know Malcolm X and like Martin Luther King and like a host of others. And uh I just like this was like just another thing that like humanized him, you know what I'm saying? Like we look at like Malcolm as like this big like figure and shit like that, but when it came down to it, he was a lost kid who got found and he was an adult that was just under the wing of this man, and then he just just evolution was dope, man. But yeah, for the dude that didn't get to speak to the killer, man, that, that's that's sad. You know what I'm saying? You do all that work, you want to get to and get that little piece or whatever. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of like season three, uh, and uh, the last, the second to last episode of Wire. Fucking this nigga, uh, Omar, brother Muzon, they fucking caught Stringer Bell in his in his high rise apartment. She was making, they gunned that nigga down, and then McNulty been fucking trying to get this nigga, lock him down for the whole beginning of the show, the whole three seasons, trying to get Stringer Bell, and she finally got him. And then when he went to, then he go finally go like arrest him and shit. It's like boom, this nigga was dead and shit, and he was just there like just fucked up, like damn man. He's like, got him, but you don't even know it. So I figured that may be how dude felt or whatever, but I mean, it's bigger than that. He gave us a great piece of work, you know what I'm saying? That's going to be like in the archives of history. So, you know, God bless that man, yo. Yo, and a shout out to The Wire, yo. You should watch The Wire. It's on HBO Demand. All five they seasons. That shit's fire, yo. Huh? They don't pay us. You don't know what I get, man. I get a little work to check for why. <laughs> <laughs> were but again, again to uh, uh, reiterate everybody's sentiments that this was a very I think we all can agree that we felt this was a very good informative documentary uh, called Who Killed Malcolm X and it is available on Netflix now um, <clears throat> I'm clearing my throat because I don't know how to really address the next topic and but I'm just going to jump into it and read an ESPN article oh. that I have um and I'm I'm going to read the title first so it sets the precedent of what I'm about to speak to and the title is Dwayne Wade supports daughter's gender identity retired NBA all-star Dwayne Wade recently opened up about supporting his daughter Zaya who identifies as a transgender girl in an interview with Ellen DeGeneres on The Ellen Show this week, Wade said the one, that one day his 12-year-old son came home and asked to have a discussion about using she, her pronouns and going by a different name than the one she was given at birth. And this is a quote from Dwayne Wade. When our child comes home with a question, when our child comes home with an issue, when our child comes home with anything, it's our job as parents to listen to that to give them the best information we can, the best feedback we can, Wade told generous, And that doesn't change because sexuality is now involved. Wade said that his wife, actress Gabrielle Union, are seeking more information to educate themselves about the LGBTQ plus community. Wade told generous that he reached out to the cast of Pose, an FX series about LGBTQ plus African-American and Latino dancers in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you didn't understand anything that I just said, and if you just needed in you know lamest terms, Dwayne Wade's son, who we spoke about on a previous podcast, who uh, came out as a uh, came out as gay, is now asking to be uh, 
referred to as a she and going by a different name of Zaya and referred to as a she or slash her pronoun. Um, I'll give my thoughts first, and then we can just oh, kind of. Oh, I was about to jump in. Oh, you want to want to say something? Oh, nah, no, okay. give, give your thoughts first. Okay. No, no, give your thoughts first. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm confused, and I'm I mean, I'm just being honest. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't understand, and I think that's fair for me to say that that, you know, anybody that doesn't understand you, it, you look for understanding in any situation. I'm confused. I don't know. Again, the child is 12, and I use child specifically. Child is 12, and it's for me hard to understand. To just, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I actually, I could just say I don't know. This is a whole new thing that is just out there and trying to understand it. And I, and I and I actually don't like when people just say, "Hey, you should just accept it. You should just accept it." No, there needs to be understanding. Man, you can't just understand. And I don't understand, so I'm confused at the moment. But go ahead, Joe. Here's my thing. Right? Here's my thing. We when this dude, um, when when Zion and with the pride thing and all this, it's like, oh, he's like coming out. It's like, oh shit, he's gay. You know what I'm saying? That's what we all jump to. And this recent thing is like, oh, he's not gay. He's like trans. He feels as though he is, or feels as though he is a she. You know what I'm saying? And um, I got to say, in, like, the world we live in today, it's, like, something that's really celebrated by, like, the masses. And it's also kind of, like, uh, ridiculed by some folks that either don't understand or just hate it and shit. Me, personally, I think it's great that um, this kid has uh, Dwayne Wade as a father. Um, someone that grew up and seen like some real like you know hardships and shit with his mother, and then had to go through hell with his fucking ex-wife and shit, and it was like raising his sons, you know what I'm saying, on his own. Like so, someone like that who was going through like a whole bunch of shit, it's like he's gonna be more, you know, um, accepting, you know what I'm saying, and ready to like learn and see, cause it's like he done been through the hell. If this is gonna be something with his son now, daughter, or whatever, then. He's like, he's war ready, you know what I'm saying? He, he's built for that. And Gabrielle Union seems to be perfect for that shit too. But I'm, you know what? And, and um, I heard the, um, his daughter, Zaya, speak um, on uh, Gabrielle Union's Instagram page. And she spoke very, like, intelligently, you know what I'm saying? Still a kid, but, you know, said all the great things about, like, acceptance and wanting to live her life the way she feels it. And um, I dig all of that, but I'm kind of with you, Alex, on the fact that it's a little jarring that it's someone that's like 12. <laughs> you know, if it's it was like, jarring. it's jarring. I use jarring, I use the words. Um, it's like, if it was somebody that was like, I don't know, 16, 17, like, then I still, it, it, it'll feel like a little different, but I'm thinking about 12. And shit is smart and is aware of the world. I was at 12, like, to think that something this, like, serious, you know, in terms of, like, my future life would be, like, a decision I would make. And my mother would be like, oh, word, let's ride with that. It sounds ill, you know what I'm saying? And I was really smart and really, like, up on shit. And it's just kind of ill that this child is only 12 and it seems to be a full court press to, okay, okay, you're, you're a girl now. It's your name. You're doing transition. Like, 
it's a, it's a little jarring, but I think being that young, I don't know if they would start any kind of like, you know, hormone treatments and shit like that, or maybe they will. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just something. It's a lot. You want to go blind or you want to go, uh, aunt? I mean, money changes, niggas, yo. I mean, this is, this is some white people shit. Talk about it. You know what I mean? And listen, man, we celebrate our athletes uh, and the type of checks that they're able to get these days but it it does infuse them into a world that they're not used to you know what i mean and the world could take them over they don't know what rules should you follow should i follow the rules of my culture that i've been raised with and on or should i with this new money adapt to these new rules in this new society that i'm living in Mm. you know what i mean because really you you people trying to inch around it but yeah I don't, whatever the fuck it is, 12 is too young. Like, whatever it is. Like, I don't tell like, can I get a nose ring? Like, 12 is too young. A tattoo? No, 12 is too young. Cut my dick off? 12 gotta be too young. Like, you know what I mean? All mm-hmm. those things. 12 is just way too young for. So, that's where we at with the culture. Yeah, but man. the money, you know what I'm saying? They put them in these different positions. It's the same thing we celebrate our diversity of black people now. The more money that we're able to have. The type of schools that we see ourselves in, even in, in grade school and, and high school, and those, those types of that also has a big effect. And here we see the effect, the fluidity of sexuality amongst those people. I'm going to say this, man. I mean, it's, it's really interesting, right? And I'm pretty sure it's, it's like we know more now than like ever about the LGBTQ, all of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Hell, I fucking one of the greatest comedians of our time has talked about transgenders in about three of his specials and shit. You know what I'm saying? So we we know what it is. You know what a transgender is. Niggas ain't know what the fuck the shit was like 15 years ago, but now we know and shit. And the fact that we know when it's like totally out here. It's like, I'm wondering how much of this is a trend, you know what I'm saying? Or like Brian said, how much of this is something that's come about with, like, money, you know what I'm saying? Like, money and access to all of these different, like, types of people. And there's nothing wrong with, to me, there's nothing wrong with grown folks that live their truth, you know what I'm saying, and do that. Or even teenagers that, like, start, like, trying to understand who they are and shit like that. But it's just like sexuality and gender shit. It just seems to be some shit that's really, really beyond like a 12 year old. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's yeah. more like if I like if I had I don't have any children, but I figure if I had a son and my son came in some shit like that, I would have like some serious conversation to the point where it's like, I know you're feeling these feelings and shit. And it's great. You could talk to me about all this shit. You could talk to your mother. You get your psychiatrist, talk to that person and shit. Even get you some groups, talk to motherfuckers. But you're young. You know what I'm saying? And as a fucking adult, and saying that you're fucking young, I'm not trying to fucking say that your feelings don't matter, nigga. But I'm trying to say that this is some really important shit. You know what I'm saying? And it ain't nothing you need to be worried about at this fucking age. Well, we going to keep talking about this shit, keep going through this shit. And don't think you can't come to me with this shit. But let's see how you feel like in a year, two, three, four, five. You know what I'm saying? And if you still feel you... I'm sorry. Uh, I'm what, sorry. What's up? No, I'm sorry. I hate you, Joe. I'm, I, and... 
All right. And this is just, this is, okay, this is me talking, this is Alex talking. I'm sorry. I You want me to understand that? And I've all, this is something that I've always felt. Stop trying to tell me to understand and accept something about the homosexuality or LGBTQ plus, and I want to be respectful because I know there's a lot of other letters and stuff like that, when you're still not admitting to what happened in this country to black people. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to move past that, jump past that, and tell me to accept this and accept that. And ex- No, I'm not. Until you accept what you did in this country to black people, until you accept us on a strange level, I'm sorry. I'm not accepting none of that. And that's and not a And I get it. And I get it that I may be passionate about it. Or I could even be wrong. But and I but I'm 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 okay with being wrong, but that's just my personal feeling about it. I still got niggas dying in the streets. I'm sorry, B. I'm still got niggas dying in the streets every day and not being treated fairly, not being paid fairly, whether it be black women or black men not being treated fairly or black women not being being paid at a certain pay level the way they're supposed to be, and then you just trying to force this on me to be accepted if I feel a certain way about it, and I will not feel guilty about it. That's just how I feel. My bad. Here, go ahead. No, here's my thing, yo, Alex. Like me, I swear to God, yo, I am awesome. fucking, my bad. I, I, I mean to try to cut you off, but I feel you on the gay shit and all the other shit. I'm fucking public enemy number one against all of that shit. I like, motherfuckers talk about gay rights or fucking like immigrant rights and all this other shit. I'd be like, nah, nigga, we ain't free yet. And we've been here and built this shit. And we American. We ain't got fucking anything else to go, you know what I'm saying, like, I'm number one on that shit, fuck that shit, but at this point, if the shit's in your house, you know what I'm saying, or if it's amongst, like, black folks, you know what I'm saying, it's like, I think we gotta at least try to, like, nurture our people, because shit, man, I mean, Dwayne Wade's daughter, or whatever, she gonna have money and come up and shit, but for every one of, like, them motherfuckers, you got, like, these niggas, like young niggas in the ghetto that for either they fucking naturally feel this way or they got caught up in the gay, transgender, gender, if there's one out there, how would it, it is one out there, but and them motherfuckers don't have the they don't got the money to that, oh, we can like, nurture this, that, whatever, and shit you can maybe do sex changes, nah, I was reading some shit, they say like, young gay niggas in the hood and shit, or transgender, whatever, them motherfuckers are turned to drugs and prostitution, all kinds of wild shit, you know what I'm saying and it's like, when it, even though motherfuckers ain't too big off the gay shit, it still come back to our people. You know what I'm saying? Because when it comes to the gay shit, the real leaders of that shit, a, lot, a whole lot of white folks, they be kind of not really giving a fuck about the, the non-gay part of anybody else's struggle and shit. Same with the feminist shit. They don't give a fuck about the minority struggle of like black women and shit like that. So when it come down to it, I feel you. I be like, fuck all that shit. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to ride for your whole fucking organization and shit while y'all like fucking prance around talking, trying to make your shit akin to like the black folk civil rights fucking struggle in America. You know what I'm saying? But if it's like our people and shit, like our children, it's like we gotta take a little understanding of them. That's that's all I'm I saying. do. And I and I and I and I accept that. I know somebody else probably wants to talk, but I, and I accept what you're saying, Joe. But here's 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 not necessarily my issue. If it came down to it. Right now, and they was like, yo, we wiping out every faggot on, excuse me, we wiping out every gay, lesbian, whatever the alphabet is, we wiping everybody out. Guess what? Every last one of them, if they wanted to, they could suck it up and act like they straight. Nigga, I'm black. Period. So if they saying it's in effect, I can't change my color. Period. 
So when you try to tell me and I and I hate talking passionately about it because it comes across as I'm against them or against the or against that excuse me against that community I'm not but I'm just saying if it came down to it and it was like we wiping the entire LGBTQ community off the planet every last one that's in that community could act straight with no problem period if they came down and said we wiping out every black person on the on the face of earth off Guess what? We a dead motherfucker, and there's not one thing we can do about it. We can't bleach enough. We can't do nothing enough. So when it comes across as accepting, and I applaud Dwayne Wade as a parent. So I I, I do understand your point and and speaking to that. But when it comes across, but when it when it when it's a black issue per se, I it's not, I'm not skipping. I'm not going to put that aside. To just look at that. And that's what a lot of people ask people to do. Well, no, let me be more specific. Ask our community to do is put our blackness aside and say, hey, accept this. No, I'm not. I'm just not. And I'm sorry. I'm not. And I'm not apologetic about that. Go ahead, B. I know I cut somebody off. I don't know who it was. No, I mean, I think Anthony was about to chime in on this. Oh, okay, okay. You have the right to feel the way that you're, you're supposed to. I have no issue with that. I'm never going to, actually. And I understand your frustration in regards to it, because it is difficult. I think that it, the difficulty that comes along with the LBGTQ plus community, I believe that part of the frustration just comes about that they, people generally feel that their message itself is too bold, too aggressive, this is right, you're wrong. I get it. I think that I I, I stand with those, with anyone within that community, because I get it. Um, I'm just saying it in a way that I'm just trying to make my thoughts and feelings very clear. It's, it's, I understand, it's not hard, it's, it, it's been difficult for anyone who's, you know, of that, of any of the uh, quote unquote letter people. It gets doubly difficult when, when you're an LGBTQ plus person and you're a person of color. You're kind of in a, to a degree, kind of, you know, doubly fucked because not only are you gay or bisexual or transgender, you're also black. And it makes it even worse if you happen to be any of the above, you happen to be a woman. It makes it a lot harder. I would never compare their struggle to the civil rights struggle, even though there are some similarities. It's just it's not the same. It's and I'm not going to be one of the people that says that homosexuality is a choice. I, I personally just don't care. You are what you what you choose to be. If that's how you feel inside and internally. All right. I get it. I'm going to get back to that in a point. But I want to I want to go back to what you guys were saying about uh, Dwayne Wayne's daughter. I understand that people have, have a right to choose. And I understand that, you know. They're the parents. They're intelligent. They they get what's going on. There's the shifts in the world. I do vehemently disagree, kind of the same way with you, gentlemen. I just believe that the age of twelve is a little bit too young. No one knows what they're doing. You're still growing and developing. And I mean, you're making a choice now that adults have an extremely difficult choice in making to say like, I'm going to go this route and I can never go back. Now. Are they preparing a child for this? I believe so. I, I believe they're they're both very well intentioned and very intelligent people, and I think they're 
we can talk about their finances, but I just think them as the people that they are, they'll be able to deal with this one way or another. Like I said, they they've already they brought them out to the um the gate the gate simply the gate parade in Miami and other events. Like I said, we stand behind and we support our child, so on and so forth. I get it, but I D Wade went at that bitch. But I believe that that at that age is just a little bit too young, a, a bit older, sure, but. I, the thing I had to kind of divorce myself from more than anything else that I can't, I can state an opinion, but I can't try to, you know, delegate what goes on in that household. If they feel that this is the best thing for their child, I don't have to agree or disagree with it because I don't, I'm living in that household. And if they feel this is what is working, this is the thing that they have to do and they need to do and it's right for the growth and development of their child, okay. Like I said, I don't have to agree or disagree with it, but like I have to, you know, understand the fact like this is how you run your household, and I have to learn to be okay with that, which I am. But I think that the difficulty of more than anything else is just trying to find an, an even ground. I have no problem with people in that community. I, like I said, I think the difficulty I have sometimes is that I feel like their their message is too aggressive, and they want they want complete and full acceptance right away, and I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they too aggressive for you. You know, and them yeah. niggas be kissing me and mozzarella sticks and Applebee's, yo. Fuck Applebee's, nigga. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't bother me at all. But like, I I get it. And like I said, if if you want it to be accepted, you can't tell me that I have to accept it. You I'm have to. Say this, yeah. You have to come to the I'm agreement and believe that it's a process and it's going to take me time to come around to it. And you have to give me time to actually fully understand and get a grasp of it. Because sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I don't want to be one of the people like, no, no, ugh, ooh, gay shit, I don't like that. Like, no, I get it, that's understandable, because it's just sexuality it doesn't change who you are as a person. But for me to fully accept you, you have to allow me the, the time to actually delve into it and think it through and be bright about it. Like, let me really put my mind to work and get a full understanding of it. You, you telling me this is what I need to do is only going to make me reject the message more. Be patient and let me understand that. I understand that this is something different. It might be something outside my wavelength. But give me a moment to let me really, in, you know, get into this this situation. Let me understand your concerns. Let me understand your problem. But don't just automatically say that you know, you know, my problems are bigger than yours. They're not. I just want to get a clear picture of who you are, so that the moment I come to a, a real complete agreement and understanding, everything will be great for you after that. But don't force the message upon me. And I'm not certain if this is one of the instances that they're forcing a the message upon anybody. I think they're just saying like. This is our child. We love our child. This is the choice that they make. Again, only problem I really have is the age with it. The one one thing I do appreciate is that no matter what, they always stood behind their children. But it feels like we're going on to something else. Like, but anybody else want to speak on this? I'm gonna say this, man. Alex came out here and he walked up to the podium like a man and was like, "Yo, I ain't with all of this gay shit. These motherfuckers trying to push this agenda. I ain't hating on nobody, but I ain't with this shit." You know, Brian came out there, put his arm around his cousin, was like, word. And I came out there, I did a little tap dance and shit, and said, you know, this is a better way about acceptance. But from what I hear from you, Anthony, you went full fucking Savior Glover on this shit, and you tap dance all around it, man. Listen, I think we all coming from the same place. We ain't big fans of the LGBTQ and all of the fucking noise they make and shit and how they make they struggle out to be akin to the black struggle and shit or even worse because this, that, whatever and shit. But when it comes down to it, it's like God bless Dwayne Wade and his family, however the fuck they 
want to handle the shit. You know what I'm saying? The kid is too young. Them motherfuckers should man up and fucking woman up and be fucking parents and be like, yo, this how you feel. Let's see how you keep feeling that way. You know what I'm saying? Don't fucking stifle the child, but don't be fucking. You ain't got to fucking broadcast the shit on social media and go on Ellen and make a big show out of this shit. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to do all that shit. Fucking, it's just too much. Now I feel like a man. I feel like Alex right now, nigga. I came out and said this shit. It's not not even about that because I'm not making a statement about necessarily. Nigga, don't backpedal, nigga. You came out like a G, nigga. I'm not. Your nuts was dragging, nigga. I seen them. I seen it. I seen the nuts. It was dragging when you came out, nigga. seen the nuts. Pause. Nah, there's no backpedal. There's no backpedal in anything that I'm saying. I just made a broader statement about the entire LGBTQ movement. And, and what, what do you think it is about with Adam? Why, why should they come out and talk? Why should we know about what's going on in the house with this 12 year old boy on social media and shit like a week or a few days okay. after he came? Why? I'll give you, okay, with that, that give that's, you that's, an that's, a, that's that. the shit why you mad about because that's pushing your agenda. Uh, I was very specific in what I was upset about. I made a broad statement across the entire platform, not just about this situation. Now, if you ask me about this specific situation, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union are both public figures. So what they did was get ahead of the story, but they want to show love for their child. I can never, as a father of four, I can never, you know, deny them or how they feel about yes, it. Yes, the hell you can, because yeah, the can. way you just that said it metal. is it's a fucking PR statement, yo. No, no that's, they didn't do that. Not not that's, what I, but that's what I'm saying. On, but no, Joe asked me a specific question on why do I feel they came out, and I said because they're both public figures, and this is going to come out either way, no different than when Magic Johnson... Or they could not let it happen at 12. Yeah, like I said, what are you I talking think, about? I, did, did I, yo, I'm not a father, Brian, but did I did I make sense with them like fucking yeah. nurturing the child shit, but like telling them yeah. to hold back and think, nigga, because you a child. Yeah, I mean, the only part, only part I really didn't um like about what you said is when you was talking and then you you define what I said. You know what I mean? Like, cause mm-hmm. I just want my words to live. But other than that, like I fuck with what you said. I don't know what the fuck Alex is saying now because he's giving a totally different vibe than the nigga gave earlier. You know what I mean? Alex, you want to clarify this shit? I mean, shit, the nigga Dwayne Wade, you talking about, you don't like the agenda. The nigga Dwayne Wade said, yo, I went to the cast of Pose, and I went to the singers and dancers on Broadway so I could learn more about gay and homo, gay and, like, trans shit. Let's, let's be clear. What I spoke to, I never spoke to Dwayne Wade's situation, per se. I spoke to the water aspect of the, I addressed the whole situation. Nigga said, D Wade. However you want to put it in, we can make jokes about it, but I was speaking to a bigger a bigger issue that I have with the entire situation. Not uh-huh. one. That's uh-huh. what I uh-huh. when Joe addressed me about this specific situation, that's when I broke it down. I said they're both public figures, so of course they want to get ahead of the situation if they're or they cannot child. let it happen in the Pretty first much. place because they're that's 12. A child. I mean, yeah. I, think, I, I figure we all intelligent, right? I figure we was all pretty, like, smart children. It's like, as smart as I thought I was at 12, my mama could still put me in my place. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I wasn't bringing chicks to the house saying I'm going to smash. You know what I'm saying? Like, they shut that shit down. Anything with sexuality, you probably got to go through the parents at 12. You know what I mean? Or you going to do some fucked up shit. 
It just is what it is. Agreeing with you, but what I'm saying is, I'm not. What I'm saying is, I'm not imposing what I would do on those parents. Everybody, every you should. I mean, it's your opinion, so I mean, it's not because then then I'd be a hypocrite because then I'd be saying that about everybody. And again, I'm looking at it from a broader. Nah, you know what? No, we looking at it. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, because I know what Alex is saying. Because I always say the same thing. Like parenting Mm -hmm. is so hard. Like I don't. You don't ever want to tell a parent like what to do. You know what I mean? Like, it, like I don't know uh, what works for your child. You know what I mean? It's so hard. So you, sometimes you don't want to tell the parent what to do. So I get that part of it, but just broadly, I mean, if I see a lot of shit at twelve, like if you, if if there's a child and this happens, but I don't think it should happen. If there's a child that comes into school at twelve years old and has a tattoo. Like, I'm going to look at it differently. It's going to be weird. I'm going to question the parents. You know what I mean? Like, so, I like, let's put this around the idea of tattoos. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, it's too young. It's just too young. It's too young. And I remember, um, <clears throat> I don't know if we spoke about it in a pod. I think we, I th- actually, I think we did. This would have been, like, weeks and weeks and weeks ago. But, um, I forget who it was. It was, uh. Some like I wasn't Ryan Seacrest. It was some. It was Mario Lopez. Some some fucking like TV personality person and shit that spoke out and said five years old was like too young to be like talking about your gender identity and whoever the fuck it was. Some fucking guy. He had to fucking backpedal and shit and like apologize for it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like what you doing now, Alex? You trying to apologize for shit? You shouldn't, man. You came out. You made a strong statement about. It's gay agenda. No, 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 there's no, there's no apology. I'm just you, being. Specific. You definitely apologize. No, I didn't. I did it. I didn't apologize about this specific situation. I did it. My stance is my stance, and that's how I feel about it. And I'm still that passionate about it. When you bring me a specific situation, you say, "Hey, talk to this specific situation," because anything that I said prior to that was about a broader aspect of it. Oh, so this you- specific situation that was the only situation we was talking about. Yeah, and, I went, and I went off on a tangent, which I will admit, mm-hmm. I went off on an entire tangent about the entire community as a whole. I wasn't even looking at. Right, uh, we off of it. I mean, I, I just, let me let me just say that. this last little piece I want to say. Is the Uchi it's Wiley like, or is it one mic? It's, it's, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a black girl, it's a shorty. Oh, you for ice? Nah, shit, Queens niggas, man. You, they always flop. But yo, I'm gonna just say this, man. Um, no matter what it is, like, like, uh, I think I put it in like the, the group chat. I, I went to online YouTube to look at the little Ellen shit and it was, it was you know, a little cute little thing. He spoke for a second and he said, praise to Kobe, yada, yada, whatever and shit. But then like, I watched another video, some nigga made, he had like thousands of views and shit, not heavy, heavy, like hundreds of thousands of views, but thousands of views. And I watched this nigga video and he was pretty much like ripping this child and shit and ripping the whole way family saying, oh, these niggas must be gay and all such shit. He even made fun of their little baby and shit. All I'm saying is this, right? No matter if motherfuckers accept this shit or agree with this shit, I, I just hope that, like, the whatever they Wade family need to, like, you know, move on and be happy and all that shit, I hope that they get more love than they get, like, fucking... Just real ignorant hate. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Alex dropped no ignorant hate. I don't think anything else did. We just was like, you know, thinking about the children being too young to make their own decisions on certain things. But I just hope that they don't get too much hate and that 
Dwayne Wade's son or daughter now, whatever. Hope he, she, whatever, she grows up to be all right. You know what I'm saying? And straight, because we just, you know, no matter what, it's another black man or black woman in this world that's going to have to deal with being black and shit. Hopefully the other shit goes smooth enough, man. But, I mean, we could talk about this more, but I think we kind of beat this shit to death, yo. Um, we can move on because I think that's um that's something that's still there. I mean, it's still uh it just announced today, so I think it'll be probably something that we uh will have to come back to as it progresses along and we see what really happens from point A to point Z. Um, want to move on to uh Roger Stone. Um, and I'm reading. I'm excuse me. I'm reading this from NBC News. And the entire prosecuting team for Roger Stone has abruptly resigned from the criminal case on Tuesday after the Justice Department said it planned to reduce the recommended sentence for Stone, a longtime Trump associate. The Trump, uh, excuse me, the Justice Department on Tuesday said it was pulling back on its request to sentence Stone to seven to nine years in prison after Donald Trump blasted the sentencing as a miscarriage of justice. That was something that. Uh, Trump said in a tweet, the revised recommendation doesn't ask for a particular census, but says the one that was recommended earlier does not accurately reflect the Department of Justice's position on what would be a reasonable sentence in this matter and that the actual sentence should be far less. Um, I, I'm speechless. So, I, I mean, I'm, I know what it is, but I'm just speechless. So I don't know who wants to speak to who wants Nah, to. you don't know what it is because nobody knows what it is, yo. This nigga wants some thug shit, yo. Gangster shit. Like, you know, then we, we, we both see it at the same time, Brian. Yeah, hell yeah. It's like the fuck. I was <laughs> yeah. like, holy shit. Like, because there's it, not really a lot to say on it except for the brazenness of it. Like, all these people, everything that happened, happened in the Mueller investigation that sent all of these people to jail He's been single-handedly wiping that shit off while running for president. You know what I mean? Like, and nobody's saying shit about it. It's just like happening, and people just don't give a fuck. The rules are different. It just is. I mean, there's not a lot to say about it for for me because the rules are just different right now. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, there ain't really much to say. It's like, who could pull this shit off? I'm trying to think about the scrutiny that, like, damn every president in my lifetime, I remember at least my adult life, like, I don't see, like, what I was an adult, like, at the end of, like, maybe Clinton term, you know what I'm saying? I don't think Clinton could have pulled those shit off like this. George W. Bush, as gangsters he was, or his administration was and shit, especially after them towers fell, nah, I don't think they could pull this off, and Obama damn sure couldn't have pulled this off. If Obama would have got one of his homeboys out of a fucking parking ticket and shit, this nigga would have, they would have wanted to impeach this nigga, you know what I'm saying? Like, Boy. what the fuck, yo? This shit is just amazing, man. Um, I mean, it's it's the ultimate white privilege. It's presidential privilege. It's like peak white privilege. This nigga didn't even wait for his man to get sentenced and put the fuck in. Then he could have went back and pardoned the nigga. He like, wait, what? They gonna be hard on my nigga? Yo, nah, that ain't gonna happen. Hey, yo, Attorney General, yo, shut this shit down. All these motherfuckers resigned or got pushed out. I'm like, what the fuck? 
I'm just he looking. He just up. wiped out a whole legal team and then put his attorney general in charge of this shit. That's yeah. fucking crazy. And I'm sitting here just watching fucking, you know, the the fucking primary like votes coming in and commenting. They pop up with this. I'm like, then it made me think like, who amongst these niggas is gonna beat this man? This man is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's 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 the thing, man. I mean, I don't know who the fuck could beat that nigga, yo. You know what I mean? I think all of them could beat it, beat him, but they need passion behind them, and I'm not seeing that. Mm-hmm. I can I could that I can um I can agree to like I, I just in speaking and again I, I'm I'm speaking to people who are just not as looking at it as in depth as maybe we are, but just looking at it as a surface. And I think that's a lot of voters per se. And they're looking for, they're not attached to any particular uh, prospective candidate. They're not attached to Bernie. They're not attached to Elizabeth, Joe, Pete. They're just like, okay, well, who's the one that we think could come up and beat this dude, period. Like one dude, my man said to me that he was like, yo, I look at Trump like Mike Tyson. Like, there's a lot of good boxers out there, but I don't think nobody can step in the ring with them and beat Like, I don't feel comfortable beating them. I mean, if you go to the polls, though, it's 51% for um, for Bernie, 51% for Bloomberg, and 51% for Joe Biden versus Trump's 44% in a head-to-head. Hello. Right. Yeah, so, so the polls got this motherfucker being beatable. Yeah, the polls got this motherfucker being beatable than the motherfucker. People don't like him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just you want to see more passion from the Democratic Party because the thing you got to do is get people out to vote. And that's, that's the, the one kicker. thing they got to happen, yo. People didn't, of, people didn't come out to vote last time. Because exactly. they was like, there ain't no way Trump going to win and fuck this Hillary chick. You know what I mean? With no excitement. You need passion. You need, you need the first black president again. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I, I don't know how the polls go, Brian. Maybe you can like me a little bit more, but, like, are, are the, do the polls usually, like, factor in actually people going to the, like, going out to actually vote? Or is it more like just opinion shit? Like, that's Yeah, no, that's an opinion shit. They have a different poll for, for um, likely voters. Okay. You know what I mean? I think... I think that the, the that poll though I'm, I'm, I gotta look at it again, but I think that poll was a likely voter poll though. You know what I mean? Versus just a, a broad poll. So they do they do poll just likely voters a lot okay. of times. The different polls. Yeah, because Lord knows we probably ain't going out to the polls and numbers. Yeah, but we 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 not we need to. We do we do definitely need to. So we need a cause, and you're gonna see it getting closer to the presidential race. It's too early for the cause. Whatever cause we're gonna have, but if they're smart, they're gonna give us a cause. You know what I mean? If they're smart, like like the immigration thing. Remember, it, it completely went away now because nobody cares anymore. But like that was a cause to get the Republicans out that we weren't get that they weren't getting out. You know what I mean? It's just like you gotta have a cause, and something's gonna pop up, but it's just not there yet because right now we're at the picking a candidate stage. Yeah. It's funny. I looked. I looked over at my TV screen. It has MSNBC on there, and uh, Klobuchar's up there giving the speech. I think she's gonna come in third, which was pretty with pretty strong numbers in New Hampshire and shit. And uh, I see they got some sleepy looking black lady in the in the in the, in the uh, shot. 
to like have a little diversity. But I'm interested to see what happens when it gets to a more diverse uh, section of voters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Minorities and yeah, and I guess like you know whoever the fuck else. Because yeah. Iowa, New Hampshire is not represented. It's weird that they like started that. off. You know what I mean? It's it's weird that they spark it off. I think um, the biggest thing for Biden is I, the Iowa and New Hampshire. It really wouldn't bother me. I know that everybody has to say it's an extinction level event, but people got to realize like Bloomberg even skipped these states. You know what I mean? So it's but the that's part of the problem for Biden is he got to now fight for all the delegates with against Bloomberg mm-hmm. also, you know what I mean? Because before this, this would have been his nice little head start on a Bloomberg. Because I think a yeah. Biden, Biden could possibly inch a, could probably inch a Bernie out if he'd have had any delegates in those first two states. But, mm-hmm. the pro, but the thing is, is that now the donors aren't lining up to just give Biden any money. They got to see him win again. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's why Biden been in. He been in South Carolina since yesterday, I think. Yeah, he got to. He got to. He got to get back in people's faces and prove it, man. He got to. Yo, he got to show passion. He got to be like, yo, this motherfucker really went after my son, yo. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like this motherfucker. This motherfucker really is. This real motherfucker really had a whole other country on my head, and he got caught for it, and he can't be removed. The only way we could remove him is if. We vote him out, and, the, and what I'm saying is, is that I could do the job because I've been there for eight years. So vote him out, vote me in, and let's get America back to where the fuck it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, and he not showing that passion, yo. He has it somewhere because these are things actually happen for him, but he just hasn't shown that yet. Where and I know we're talking about the primary, um, the New Hampshire primary right now. Let me just, I'll just give a few, a uh, quick update and then we can move on from there. So this is, uh, polls as of, uh, actually it's 9.58 now. This is the reporting as of 9.56. So it has Bernie Sanders in the lead with 26.5%, Pete Buttigieg in second with 23.7%. Uh, as Joe said, Amy Klobuchar in the third with 19.8%. Elizabeth Warren with 9.5 and Joe Biden with 8.4. If I'm not mistaken, earlier today uh, or earlier this evening, Yang dropped out of the race, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and he actually comes in a few right behind Tom Stein and Toby, uh, I'm sorry, Tulsi Gabbard as well. Um, so, and like everybody was saying earlier before, it's and if we just lean on what B was saying, you know, are you not too worried about Iowa and New Hampshire's what's happening, what's going to happen going forward as more of these people drop out and the field gets smaller and we start to really hear what everybody else has to say on what is going to happen, who's going to step up and throw that passion as you were speaking to, as you both were speaking to behind their causes and it's going to ignite the Democratic Party or rather the uh, the base, I would say, I should say, the uh, the voter base to really come out and make some changes. I don't know if anybody wants to add anything to that. Um, well, I know a week from uh, tomorrow, they got like their uh, next debate that's going to be in, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's going to be in Las Vegas. It's going to be right ahead of the uh, Nevada primary. Then uh, about a week after that, they're going to be uh, in uh, South Carolina right before that primary for another debate. So, I mean, we got to, these people got to really, uh, like Brian said, they got to show that fire. I mean, 
Bernie is doing his thing and shit. Um, but Biden, you know, Biden really needs to like step that shit up. You know, he just as old as Bernie, like like a year older and shit. But he don't seem to have the passion that even the Bernie has and shit. And um, like Brian said, he got shit to do. He got shit to like speak on about how Trump is like disrespected his fucking family, about how he has served this country as a senator for years and as vice president for two whole terms and shit. And you just need to put his fucking foot down. You know what I'm saying? And if not him, somebody else needs to like really step up and speak to these like real issues because there's nobody running away with this shit. I see people talking about it being feeling like a two person race with Buddha judge and Biden. But I mean, that's just from these two little first shits or whatever. And even though it's just a small sample size of the, Fuck it. It's really small. We think about all of the delegates out there. Um, like Brian said, these like fucking with Biden not showing well in either one of these. It's like the donors are a little tighter with their little purse strings and shit. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, niggas got to make it happen in February, yo. especially Biden, because if Biden doesn't represent and shit and be able to weather Bloomberg doing his shit coming up amongst black voters and shit, if Biden can't fucking kill in fucking like South Carolina and that nigga gonna be dead and like Brian said before he wanted the top three people on the list that they say can beat Trump so it's gonna be some shit right. <clears throat> so as always as I always say we this is something that we will be keeping an eye on we are now in 2020 and it is dead serious and it'll be coming down to the wire as we get to the end of the year and the better than you part will be here to bring you to keep you up to speed and put everything in layman's terms for everything that you may or may not understand that's happening on this campaign trail. Um, let's uh, go into <laughs> my old mentor, Steve Stout in the New York Knicks. Um, we are the New York Knicks. <laughs> and, and New York Knicks. Um I just read today because I know there was a lot that happened and I did not see it, so I'm gonna lean on um whoever. Well, we, we saw it, but off top though, explain who Steve Stout is before you even get into whatever. The commissioner. Yeah, I to be honest, I don't even know how to explain Steve Stout. He's just what you would call the connect. He is a um record executive and advertising maven. Um, he just he connects the dots with a lot of uh, sports, music, and advertising. Uh, if you saw the I'm loving it, the I'm loving it whole entire campaign happened because of Steve Stout. He put it together. If you are from, obviously if everybody's familiar with the I'm loving it campaign, the campaign that everybody hated with Mary J. Blige and the Burger King commercial, he put that together too. He was the former manager of Nas, former Sony executive, former Interscope executive. Um, I'll speak to it myself. My mentor as an intern, he was a person I came up under who kind of taught me everything I knew about the music industry. And he's just he's just that guy. He's just the guy that could connect any dot. You can call him. He could put anybody on the phone or put any type of deal together whatsoever. And he um, was and he was helping Kobe try to get his rap career yeah, on the ground. Yeah. Had him in the studio with Nas and Foxy. They was even at the dining game pressed by niggas with guns. And he and Kobe, he was there with Kobe and it's like nah, son. <laughs> yo, it was gangster, yo. Steve Stout, that nigga, yo. He told that story. I don't know. I'm a, I swear to God, I got it in story somewhere. I have the Kobe. I have the Kobe and Alan Iverson album on that. If you don't know what a dad is, go look it up. Um, somewhere in my storage. Um, but today he was actually on. He's been. He actually. Well, let's just go back a little. Uh, maybe about a week ago, he has been hired 
by the New York Knicks to help with rebranding and connecting the Knicks back to the fans. He was uh, he had an interview on Breakfast Club. A lot of things were Joe just referenced. And then he was actually on first take this morning. And I'll just give a, uh, a quote to what he was speaking to. He said, the biggest thing is getting free agents in place to know this meaning New York is a place to show up. This is uh, this is where they should be, Stout said on ESPN's first take. I think the narrative has been lost. Players haven't come. A free agent hasn't come. And if we can solve that problem, which I know we will, we will have a great chance. We're the most iconic team in the league by far. That's 100% facts. Uh, he didn't go into detail on what they would do, but he did lead. He did infer that interim Mike coach, that, excuse me, interim coach, Knicks coach, Mike Miller, was just playing out the string and would be fired, to which the Knicks did respond to uh, with a statement. And I'm sorry, I don't have that statement in front of me. Well, basically was just saying that Steve Stout does not speak for the organization, that he's not part of the front office, and so on and so forth. He, they didn't really say that, though. But what they, that's they what just they're said. They just said the, the coach shitty. Like, that ain't. Yeah, they, so he had okay. a statement. So they put out a PR statement, and it was like a two-sentence. He basically said, that um Steve that Steve Stout um th- speaks for the marketing um and what's name uh side or whatever but not for you know the but the next next personnel um it, uh, no decisions been made or some shit like that right and then Steve Stout came out with his little um statement about um in my in my zest to defend the Knicks um I I overspoke or something like that like yeah. Yeah, and funny. it was it was a weird it was a weird thing for him to even confirm when he was saying it. You know what I mean? First off, like I know for a fact that that Dolan loves Mike Miller and he wants to keep him in the organization even mm-hmm. even if um not as a coach, you know what I mean? But it was weird for him to just come out and just say that shit though. You know what I mean? Like he should have calmed it down. I I think I think he was on super high energy. That was kind of yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. And, and watching it and watching him on first take He was being it, pressed. It, he would be he'd be impressed by Max. Well, a little bit by Stephen A. on that part too. And he just was like he's just in his zone and shit. And you know, he, it was right to for the Knicks to say you know whatever, and for him to say whatever. I mean, that wasn't nothing major for real. That was just yeah. Like, to calm it down, to calm it down, yo. But yeah, I mean, he was he was he was under high pressure, and I guess he reacted. It is what it is. But he definitely did shine in that um. In that interview with uh, Stephen A. and Max on first take, they had him there for two segments. Actually, um, he shined, but but uh, okay, they're gonna call him a Dolan sycophant. But I guess he had to like kind of rock for Dolan. But he would have shined a lot better if this PR statement didn't come out. Cause I, I hate to tell you how how Knicks fans have been taking that shit. It's been, yeah. you know, what I mean, they've been acting like assholes over this shit. I like, seen, I seen a little bit of Twitter response. Yeah, yeah. Shit. I read a little bit. But I think all in all, um, all in all, I've heard like uh, different people on like I think the jump and different other people speaking on like uh, the hiring and like Brian says, national media loves to put down the Knicks and shit because it like it'll sell papers and shit or it'll get them like little buzz and whatever. But I think all in all, bringing in Steve Stout is gonna be like a really good thing because like. Um, like Alex said, it's like he's a plug, he's a connect. You know what I'm saying? Like he talked in uh, he talked in that first take interview about how he uh, threw a party for uh, Kevin Durant out west, I believe, and uh, 
how he brought in like different investors and shit like that. And he said that the, the NBA players, they was more so not. They, I mean, they probably enjoyed the party, but they was more trying to talk to the money people and see how they could make their money work for them. You know what I'm saying? And um, just the fact that that's the shit he does. You know, I think it will definitely make the Knicks a more desirable place. You know, putting the athletes together with the the music artists, with the fashion people, with the big money men. You know what I'm saying? And hate it or love it, fucking Dolan is a fucking billionaire. No matter how the fuck he got the money, he got a lot of billionaire friends. And we've heard people talk about you know the connections like with LeBron before uh, he went before he finally went to the Heat. A big thing was a lot of folks like yo, he might go to the Knicks because they got all them connections out there and there's all that money out there. But we all knew that shit. We all realized that shit was set in stone. He was going to Miami, so we can't hold that against him. But at this point in in time, you know what I'm saying? You hear more and more about how Kevin Durant and all these folks, they love like being out there with the Silicon Valley folks. And there's just as many big money folks out in like New York that they can get into with. So, I mean, with Steve making the shift fly and also backing it up with real money folks, I, I think that'll definitely make the Knicks more, you know, desirable place for people to go to. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, shit, yo, it's Steve Stout, it's the commissioner, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All you gotta do is, it's New York City, it's Madison Square Garden, it's Broadway, you know what I mean? It's the middle of the city, it's the center, man. I've been saying this shit, I'm gonna say it again. Stout, I hope you're listening. I got the trick for you. Move the practice facility back to the city of New York, get rid of that orange, and you're gonna be green lit, yo. These dudes are going to want to come because there's a deep connection between businesses in Manhattan and Madison Square Garden and by proxy to New York Knicks. You know what I mean? And all they have to do is be exposed to that shit. That's dope. And let them practice in the city so they could be members of New York City and not like some upstate New York place. You know what I mean? Be part of the New York City. Let them practice there. And then get rid of that funky orange so, so niggas can rock that shit in the streets. You mm. know what I mean? And not be in full gear. You know what I mean? Like, yo, just a, just a little calm, cool shit to rock in the, in the streets, y'all. Like like how Brooklyn had the black and white. Yo, we could well, be blue, cool as hell. We, we blue, and blue and black. Blue, blue and black. And black. Yeah. yeah, mix it up yeah. in three it's colors. Yeah. yeah, but those would be our colors. It'd be cool as hell. All you got to do is do that, man. Get the vibe of the city back. Let it be cool again. We got the young dudes. Niggas is gonna gonna want to wait and watch and look at young dudes. If we start thinking it's cool again, yo, all right. So I mean, I I just feel like that. Those are the gems I got for Steve Stout. That all. The rest of that, I'm sure he figured out. Well, I mean, well, since we're on the NBA, and I think we wrapped up the. Uh, I think we were on. We were recording while the uh, NBA trade trade deadline was wrapping up. I'm not sure if anything else happened outside of the big trades that we kind of I briefly spoke about with D'Angelo Russell and uh, Andrew Wiggins. Anything happened that anybody feels? Darren Collison decided he Darren Collison yeah. decided he ain't want to play basketball anymore. That was kind of yeah. weird. And Marcus Morris is is um is with the Clippers. Uh, Clippers. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. so I mean that's 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 kind of a huge thing. I'm I'm surprised that the Lakers didn't make that move because it really shifts the balance to the Clippers who um, I just watched get beat by the 76ers. So, like, <laughs> you know, it's hard to say that right now. But, you know, in general, I'm sure they'll get back together. 
and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like so so like that that shift the balance of the Clippers is kind of a huge thing. But also a huge thing that I saw or maybe just started to notice was Marcus Morris was fucking brilliant, yo. Mm-hmm. He 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 decided to become this character. You know what I mean? He knew he could be the best player on New York. So you go there, become this character. You know what I mean? He only signed a year deal. And if the shit isn't going well, you could just get traded to a top team, yo. You know what I mean? Because of the cachet and the and the style of play that you develop. And all of that shit worked out for him. And he's going to be up for a big contract next year. Yeah, Marcus Morris really, like, he, this last, like, maybe, like, six, seven months or so for him has been some real G shit, you know? Yeah. Went from getting, you know, getting a chance to play for Pop and the Spurs, which years past would have been dope as fuck, you know what I'm saying? But for some reason, LaMarcus Aldridge and uh, DeMar DeRozan don't seem to be those two, like, superstars and like they need to be to make that to elevate that team to be like a real contender contender. So it's like fuck it, I'll go to the Knicks, go go be with family and shit like that. And like you said, he must have known he come out here be a khaki, be the illest nigga on the Knicks. And lucky for him, I mean, I feel as though he liked being in New York, but it's like yo, if you get traded to the fucking Clippers, when the Clippers is like one of the top contenders to win a championship. And you playing on the contract year? Yeah, that's that motherfucker just made him some hella. You made him some bread. Yeah, I mean he used the he used the number one media market mm-hmm. in the world to boost his stature. Yeah. And now you know I mean he's up there. I mean all, all you gotta do is basically show and prove he's gonna get a big contract, y'all. Yeah. And it's funny, man. I think about him doing that, and I think about poor Kevin Love and fucking Andre Drummond and shit. Wow. Niggas was both trying to get like moves. Kevin Love, they couldn't move that nigga contract. So they fucking just threw some scraps together, threw them shits to fucking the Pistons. And poor Andre Drummond, who was dying to get out of fucking Detroit, ends up in fucking Cleveland, yo. Yeah. Oh, and, I, yeah. and I don't even know if his contract is up in the year. I think he might have like another two, three years on it. Yeah, this sure. nigga got time, yo. So it's like fuck, yo. I mean, I ain't, you know, I ain't gonna cry for the nigga. He tall as shit. He rich as shit. And uh, Cleveland, Cleveland, man. Cleveland. I mean, is they got Sexton and Garland over there, which is kind of cool. But they need to trade one of those guards. They, they just got a weird fucking team, y'all. Yeah, man. Yo, can I ask a question? Because yes, I've been hearing this, I've been hearing this a lot, and it's been a lot. Um, yeah, we're still my NBA because there was a lot said to what uh i guess i'm not sure the specific tweet joel joel Embiid sent out that angered philly fans but i had been hearing before no, that, been oh no 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 i mean with, with joel and b didn't he tell the fans to shut up shut up yeah, and shut the did. fuck he's up he, no he told them to and they booed him they booed him this he came out this game too yeah. guys um right nah i mean no that, that was really it like he shushed them but then it was like, then he said something. Tried to come back, yeah, Philly tough or something. He said, or something yeah, like he that. said Philly tough. But then what's the name? But then um, Jimmy Butler put out a tweet. He said, yeah. I know, I know. Oh, oh what? no, no, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. William B did that line from the uh, from Batman and shit. He said either you die a hero or live long enough to yeah. become come a villain. villain. And Jimmy like, yo, I know we're villains and like accepting some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. And, 
yeah. B was like word or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you know. do you feel my my question was really going to be because it's been a hot topic and I've been listening. You know, I don't follow basketball per se as I'm watching it, but I do listen to a lot of the commentators and a lot of it has been about. And it's actually I've heard it earlier, but now it's actually coming back up again and trading Joel Embiid in the offseason and just getting a haul since the back to the back center isn't really part of this NBA. And can you win with your team the way that it's constructed? Philly's constructed, excuse me, specifically Philly. Nigga, you don't trade and beat, yo. Yeah, I mean, most you of that. You trade the nigga, the lights can. They don't shoot the Australia, Simmons. nigga, yo. You trade Simmons. Simmons. I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like, the Can't reason fix. that, like, they flip-flop. They've been flip-flopping with that shit for the past, like, two and a half years. It's not even like, a flip-flop. This is the easiest call ever. No, but I'm saying that's what they've been but talking. I'm a, I'm a, not to cut you off, uh, Joe, but Joe, I'm going to be honest with you. Bron is the only person I heard say trade Simmons. Every no, other person no, I've heard. No, wait, wait, no, you didn't hear what I just said. For the last like two and a half years, that's been a debate. It's been like we got to tr- who whose team this has to be one of these one of their team they ain't doing it together and shit. Fucking mm-hmm. so it's like so you had a lot of folks talking before like oh we should trade Simmons and shit because Embiid is just like this talent you know what I'm saying you trade Simmons he don't even shoot the threes trade him just that whatever but this season. I've been here uh, when B went down and shit. Simmons really shined and shit. And even since he's been back, a lot of people yeah. talking about Simmons been hustling more. They've been like, hustling, right. Simmons been hustling more than Embiid. So that's why niggas is now talking that, oh, they should trade Joel Embiid. He don't seem to want to be here since right. Jimmy left. So that's what right. it is right, right now. I'm, but, but I'm but I'm be honest with you, I, I'm being serious. I've been, and again, I'm only listening to NBA radio, radio talk. Mm-hmm. Everybody has always said trade Embiid. They've never what, said what, what, Brian. What I just said isn't that what niggas been saying for the yeah, past? Yeah, I don't. I, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not lying that's to you. Be, that's I, not yeah, I know. I know what Joe. Joe isn't wrong. I just. I. I. Here's the thing, man. Embiid is not that he doesn't shoot the three. Is that he doesn't shoot? But Same. he's a top talent, yo. You know what I mean? Like he is a top talent, and that's why you get the load. I mean, no Simmons. My bad, Simmons. Simmons but he doesn't shoot, yo. But but that's why you go get the load for Simmons, yo. Mm-hmm. Because Embiid can do all of the things, and he's the biggest player on the court, so he's going to be your best defender, right? So he could defend the highest percentage shot, and he makes the highest percentage shots on the court. You know what I mean? Plus, he can make the uh, the outside shots and spread the court. You, mm-hmm. you pay and keep that guy when you have a center that can do that, especially in just this generation. It's not saying that, that Simmons is bad. It's saying, yo, what could you get for a Simmons? Like what? Gallinari and four, like four first round draft picks went for Paul George, yo. You know what I mean? Like you could put a haul together. You could get a haul for a squad. You know what I mean? Yeah, they throwing shade, fucking Gillis Alexander and shit. Yeah, no, I mean my bad. Like that's not even shade. Like that's I just forgot about it. Yeah, but he's so huge. Like that was a huge player. Like, look at how much they got, though, for fucking Paul George. Like, it just, yo, my nigga, trade Ben Simmons. You could literally make that team. You could turn that team into a West Coast type of team, yo. Yeah. Ben Simmons, like, where do you want to send him? You know what I mean? Like, you just go around the league and start picking superstars that you want. Pretty much. You can move Ben. I mean, and, and, and the thing is, it's like, 
a lot of folks been scared to trade. I mean, a lot of folks are scared to maybe say they want to trade Simmons because motherfuckers are still holding out hope that in a year or two he might turn into Giannis and shit. This nigga ain't going to turn to Giannis, yo. But even if he does... Yeah, like, all right, so here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Even if he does, why don't you go and say, I could get, like, this is always, this is the typical argument in the NBA. Like, does one superstar matter? Or does, like, one superstar and, like, three stars matter? You know what I mean? And if you could get, if you could turn a Ben Simmons into three stars and a prospect or something like that, or two stars and two prospects or some shit like that. Like, that's basically what went for Paul George. And I feel like you could probably get that or more for Ben Simmons. You could really turn that squad into something. And then you stop complaining about it, because you got some real ballers on your hands. You know what I mean? That team is piecemeal, y'all. That team is piecemeal. Yeah. I, I know they got, I know they got Horford and they got, um, what's the name? But for real, that team is piece. Get a real team. Mm-hmm. Look at what they could do with that shit. They could be a real fucking squad, man. You can't name niggas on their team after you get past the first four, and 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 two of them niggas is is eh. You know what I mean? You just know them because of other situations. Mm-hmm. Nah, man. Yo, get rid of this Ben Simmons nigga and come up. Yeah, the Sixers need to like seize that shit because. Like, even I heard Charles Barkley talking about that shit a bunch, how these motherfuckers have been a big disappointment and shit to him. I mean, you know, he has six is great and shit, but yeah, to like everybody, it seems like they underachieved. It's like, just I mean, build the team I, the right I, way. Just get rid yeah. of... Go ahead, Joe. Nah, like, for real, just get rid of Simmons, man. Because you can actually... I I just didn't see how you and again, like I said, I'm not watching. I just like I don't know how you have that many bigs clogging the middle. With mm-hmm. Simmons, who's not a shooter, Hallford is not a shooter per se, and Embiid is not a shooter, and they need to occupy a certain amount of space. Uh, Orford and I never Embiid. saw Orford, Orford, Orford and Beetle pull up. And, and that's the problem and shit. Yes. Orford and Beetle pull up, but they fucking point guard and shit who's tall enough to shoot over everybody. Yeah. Shoot well, that's my head. point. Like, I didn't understand how it was going to work when you don't have, when you have a point guard who has the emphasis of with the ball in his hands and he can't shoot. How was that all going to work cohesively? But yeah, motherfuckers just playing out. I mean, it's playing out how I thought it would play out. Yeah, let's see what them niggas do, man. Yeah, let's see what they um, what they are at the um end of the end of the season. Oh yeah, and also shout out to um shout out to Iggy and shit for going down to Miami to fuck with Jimmy and them. Iggy, oh oh, Andre Iguodala. Yeah, Iguodala, man. I like what Jimmy doing down there, man. Yo, Jimmy fuck around and pulling B down there, man. If they could get wow. some, that shit, would be L, man. Cause that cause that motherfucker light a fire and then B. Sometimes you need that nigga and shit that's going like pull the best out of you. You know what I'm saying? And they said that Jimmy was that nigga. Form B and shit, like pull up, pull the best and pull the fire out of them and shit. Cause like when them TNT niggas, when Charles and um fucking Shaq called and beat out, was like, yo, you playing soft, nigga. Next game and be bald and shit. Then he got their respect and what he do? He went back to just being ho hum. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. he, he he been hurt, I think, like his wrist or some shit. I don't, I forget exactly what it was. Nah, it was. His shit was flipped backwards. His finger. Yeah, his finger was fucked up. But I mean, but still. Yeah, you know I'm saying motherfucker still saying he ain't playing too like the best of his shit, but 
Yeah, man. It's like fucking, man. Um, the Lakers, I hear the motherfuckers trying to maybe get at Dion Waiters and shit. I heard they brought in like JR for some shit. I don't know how that went. They just brought me from that would be ill if they got Jr. But it, they they are so stupid for letting Marcus Morris go for Kuzma and Danny Green. Yo, honestly, God, like there's two things that that the Marcus Morris uh, deal would have did for the Lakers, yo. It would have kept Marcus Morris away from the Clippers. That's the uh, plus, mm-hmm. and it would have gave him an added defender and a three point shooter. You're not losing that, yo. Kuzma is a fucking horrible defender, yo. You know what I mean? He was the weakness on their defense. Now, Danny Green could play some spot defense, yo, and he could shoot the three. But guess what, yo? He's not as good at either of them shits as Marcus Morris is this year. So you get rid of both of them motherfuckers because you going for it because you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis on one more year. You Mm -hmm. could win here. You going to sit there and play with that shit and let Marcus (laughs) Morris go to the Clippers? You dumb motherfuckers, man. You always try and get rid of Kuzma all year anyway, yo. You got to think. No, but seriously, yo, they was trying to get rid of Kuzma all fucking year. They Mm -hmm. had a chance to do that, keep a player from the Clippers and get better, and they let all them shits fumble, yo. I take mm-hmm. back everything I said about that nigga that, that, uh, in the front office now. Palenka, right, let me ask you a question. Yeah. I was just going to ask a question. Do you think, um, given everything that's happened within the Laker organization, do you think that played a part in them not pulling the trigger? Nigga, I hope so. I hope it's some shit like that. I hope it's some deep-seated emotional shit, because if it's not, and they thought this shit through, then this motherfuckers is a failing franchise. Mm-hmm. Cause the fact is, Danny Green ain't part of their fucking future. You know what I'm saying? And Kyle Kuzma, like you said, they would trade Kyle Kuzma damn near anywhere and shit for like a really good piece. You know what I'm saying? And Marcus Morris would have been a piece that would have made them tougher, more seasoned. The nigga, like you said, the nigga was balling out on the fucking Knicks. I mean, it was a little easier because the Cats was young, but you put him in there and shit, you wouldn't have to worry. Like, that motherfucker was like bringing the ball. This nigga could have definitely... He was a top three shooter in the NBA this year. So even if you just brought him on as a shooter. And he's doing better than Danny Green, who was only there really to do some defense and make some threes. But, you know, niggas going to roll their dice on Kuzma, his crazy-ass blonde hair. And uh, they're going to hope that Danny Green could pop into, like, some fucking postseason form and shit and be a part of a third fucking championship team. I mean, niggas going to see. I mean, and, and the thing is, I wish they would have got Marcus Morris, too, because it would definitely made them better. And plus, you know, with the Knicks not really being contenders this year, I would have liked to see maybe the Lakers win one for Kobe. You know what I'm saying? It's not to say that they can't still. Right, right, because right. Because what's the yeah. name? A couple injury cases and shit, man. God bless him, Kawhi and fucking Paul George and niggas catch injuries like fucking... Yeah, but them niggas don't even play basketball every day. Them niggas just be taking days off and shit. Right. All season. They get ready for the end uh for the end games, yo. So I don't know. This team is built, yo, the Clippers are playing chess. They yeah. are really going for it. They are not playing any games. Yeah. They they treating it like they only have one year and they have several years with these niggas. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers are treating it like they got several years and them niggas only really got one year and Anthony Davis is a free agent next year. So I don't know what the fuck these niggas is doing. We'll see. I don't want to. I don't want to um, beat it to death. But I just had one more thing I wanted to ask that I heard today that 
Rondo and Kuzma, like there's some seems to be something there because Rondo has zero assists to Kuzma went on floor together for the yeah, last three they've games. They've been like that though. Okay. I told yeah, you I'm they've been trying to trade this nigga, yo. Because this nigga Kuzma, he he did some shady shit with the LeBron, that trainer shit. And then he followed his trainer up. You know what I mean? After the trainer said that LeBron isn't a hard worker or some shit like that. He said some crazy shit. And the and then and then uh, a Kuzma tra- uh, filed the trainer up saying some shit co-signing or whatever, you know what I mean? That was going on all year. So niggas, old, old school niggas like Rondo, he, he not, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Yo, LeBron, he, he, LeBron, you know, he, he super lines up with everybody. I mean, this nigga called him a slave or some shit, and then LeBron went back and worked for him, you know what I mean? But niggas like Rondo not like that. So... Um, that's what I'm saying. They've been trying to get rid of this nigga Kuzma all fucking year. If it's not the front office, it was the locker room. So I don't know why the fuck they letting him hold up anything. But it is what it is. Yeah. Um. Shout out to Zion. I just saw he dropped a career high, 31, nine rebounds and five assists. And uh, beating him, beating the Blazers, <laughs> beating the Blazers. Uh. Last thing. On sports, XFL, first weekend, was that actually was pretty good. I did. I don't know if anybody else watched. I just had some downtime, and I decided to turn it off. And I was actually impressed with what I saw. I knew it was going to be good simply because they had the money behind it. And they pulled in a lot of, from an advertising standpoint, which it really matters, they pulled in a lot of, um, they pulled in about three mil. They averaged three mil over the weekend, which is excellent. And they um, compared it to, do actually did more numbers than the Lakers, a Lakers Bucks game, which did a 2.8. So it looks like it it's gonna do well from an advertising standpoint to stay on TV. And there's a lot of money behind it. I, and there's actually a lot of XF, NFL players behind it. But one thing I did want to say, and I'm reading this from um from um Yahoo Sports. Uh, as the XFL did relaunch this weekend, former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick was not part of it. That's been not because he didn't want to be part of it, according to X. Um, excuse, according to XFL Commissioner Oliver Luck, the two sides met to discuss a deal uh, to get Kaepernick in the league. However, his salary salary demands were too high, which I think is kind of some BS. Because I think Vince McMahon, who is behind the XFL, he could just cut that check, and what it would have brought from a marketing standpoint to the league would have been more. You know, what he would have got that money back tenfold. So hopefully maybe if Cap they, they can get it back together and get it on. Go ahead. I don't know if somebody's about you to say that. Cat, I said, hmm. You oh, okay. You said you think they should cut the check like for Cat. Yeah, you should. They should say they should they, they should just fucking just say, yo, Cat, whatever you want, man, bring you into this league. I agree. Ah, I cannot doing that. Though. Based off of what, bro? Huh? Based off of what? Based off of. And Based I'm, like I said, off of, from a marketing standpoint, like I said, I'm not talking about from a game plan. I'm talking from a marketing standpoint to put Colin Kaepernick into your league and you have your league professionally run by ex-NFL uh, coaches and uh, coordinators. You could really put yourself in position to make that money back quickly off of advertising. If you're doing three million, you're doing more than a Lakers Bucks game mm-hmm. on three million in terms of in terms of just viewership. You would probably can even double that off a tele off a nationally televised Colin Kaepernick game. That's what I'm talking about. I'm was speaking Vince, about fucking numbers. Will Vince McMahon be the one to do that? Yeah, this is Vince. I, I, Vince put fifty million behind his league. No, I his, know, I know this is his league, but Vince, Vince McMahon is in here Republican. 
I mean, his wife a Republican. I think they were Republican. Republican but he's yeah. They're not doing that. Speak on it, Anthony. They're not doing that because, for one, when he, when he created this league, one of the first things he put in place oh, and made it real specific is that everyone has to stand for the, for the flag salute. Yep, he made yep. that clear. Two, I'm, I'm pretty sure Colin Kaepernick has some kind of issue with Donald Trump. It's pretty obvious. And Vince McMahon's wife is, works for the Trump administration. So, nah, he ain't doing that shit. Yeah, I can't say he's not doing it if he sat down with him. Because if he wasn't doing it, then why would you sit? Why would you come to the table? Why did anyone sit down with Colin Kaepernick just to say they sat <laughs> no, no, down no, no, with no. Colin I'm, Kaepernick? No, no, no. I said it the other way. Why is Colin Kaepernick sitting down with them? I, I because I think I think you still have to look at every opportunity. And like I said, you I mean you got to at least try and see where they stand about it. But if if he disagrees with you know you know I want to say he disagrees with the flag, but you know what it kind of stands for in the whole standing and yada yada yada. He ain't gonna go ahead and just up and just stand right now for this league. And like I said, they're not really paying anybody because they're not really going to afford to understand that like Vince is the commissioner of the league and he has the money that's invested in it. But I don't think he has a vested interest, especially when he put that rule in a place to have any kind of situation like a Colin Kaepernick situation. So why would he have cap? Yeah, it would, it would t- honestly, I think it would take more from the league if they did some little extra shit to bring in Colin Kaepernick than it would to like bring to it. Like Vince McMahon is trying to build this league up to hopefully last for a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And be something. The last thing he needs for his first shit is to fucking go in his pocket, pay Colin Kaepernick like fucking five million dollars to play in these games and shit. Like, nah, and I don't think yeah. he don't want to piss off. I mean, because a friend of mine went to the game. He got he got he went to the, uh, when they at Giant Stadium. He got it on row fifteen. For four people, it was sixty bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. but even my right. So, so I mean, you you only, you only spend as much money, so you probably don't want to do anything to piss off like a little bit of fan. Ain't nobody doing that. I, I respect. Now, I, I, I might, might do shit. I might go to a game. Yeah, I had a few. I had a few people. I had a. I had a friend that went to the game as well. He said he enjoyed the. He enjoyed the experience. I mean, this time, I mean, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but this time around, oh, we won't. Vince is Vince is taking um taking the exo. He's not treating it as a gimmick. He's actually treating it like an actual league. And like I said, he put a lot of money, you know, put a lot of money behind it to try and sustain, like sustain it for at least three years out the gate before it should be able to take off and be help, hopefully, be sustainable. But again, it was the first week. We'll just keep watching and see what's going on. <coughs> Excuse me. Yo, before we get out of here, we have Valentine's Day coming up on a Friday. Actually, this year, everything is on a Friday. Christmas is on a Friday. New Year's is on a Friday. July 4th is on a Friday or Saturday. So, Valentine's Day on a Friday. Anybody got any special plans? Nah, yo. Love don't live here no more. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck that. No, I don't believe in Valentine's Day. No, this nigga, shut the fuck up. You believe in it again? Anthony, man, oh, yeah. shut the, it's clearly a thing on the motherfucking uh, calendar, nigga. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's commercials and all that shit. You don't believe in shit you see? What the fuck are you talking about? I don't believe in it. I don't believe in all the bullshit that goes into Valentine's Day. Maybe you say, say I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Yeah. You yeah. definitely believe that, motherfucker. If you got thing. a girl, you believe in the shit, nigga. Yeah. No, that's probably why I don't have one, because it, that always comes up, and I'm like, nah. 
You the one, you the one that dump on Groundhog's Day, nigga. <laughs> hey, yo, I would say this, yo. Shout out to Anthony, yo. Tomorrow, Anthony's birthday. Anthony, the type of chick, uh, I'm type of chick, any type of nigga, I guess. He let, he, go, he let the chick take him out for his birthday, and then he dump on the next day, so we ain't got to do shit with him on fucking Valentine's Day, nigga. Yo, hey, yo happy wild, birthday, baby. Anthony. Thank you. I've never doubled down. You just should do it now, nigga. Do it. that. And, yo, and and say he don't be fucking with chicks because Valentine's Day comes up. What the fuck? <laughs> this nigga I, is special I, ass I, nigga, b. I was I was with somebody and I was dating him for like three months and it was like, no, we should do like like a whole thing with Valentine's Day. We should go away. We should do this. We should do that. And I and I look at dead now. I'm like, it's supposed to be a day of love. I don't love you. It didn't last much longer after that. It's supposed, to it's supposed to be a day of love. And I'll, my nigga, why you ain't lie? Why you, ain't, why, you, oh, why you just say go to the bed and breakfast, nigga? Yeah, like yeah, you could have just this. Or go to Atlantic City, nigga. You go to Atlantic City, you copper some roses, uh, unless you fancy and want like orchids and lilies or some shit or some other shit. And then you fuck, you gamble and shit, and then you go to the little club or whatever. Ain't tricking if you yeah. got it. Didn't want to give a false hope. Man, he ain't trying to get these hoes no hope, yo. For why? No hope for these hoes in 2020 and beyond. Anthony set the president. And sound evil, guy. I ain't gonna lie. This Ooh, nigga man. sound evil, man. He looked at the chick <laughs> dead in the eye. Hey, say, hey, look, freak ho, I don't love you. Say, like, yo, Holy shit. That's the, that's, a, that's the quote you heard. It's, it's, it's supposed to be a day of love. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't love you. Yo, that's some motherfucking uh, Max Julian shit, my nigga. You know I like that. Mean? You the Mac. I need to watch the Mac. Now you more like yeah. Anthony and shit, yo. I'm going to watch the Mac, then I'm going to watch How to Be a Play, because Max Julian popped up in that bitch, too. Man, right, listen, yo. Anthony, you's a cold-ass nigga, yo. Right. <laughs> I'll, be celebra- I'll be celebrating it, even though, you know. You married, motherfucker. You better. <laughs> nah, you can say that, but I haven't. I was a person similar to your taste that was like, Why? Why would I celebrate this? I love you 364 days. Why do I have to pick? Well, this I love you on this day. I want to love you today. Yeah, but 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 to my, to the point that Anthony's saying that you know you keep doing that, and then you sour a woman on it, and then when you finally want to do something, she's not interested whatsoever. So if you do got somebody, and I'm speaking to the to the masses that's listening, if you do got somebody, man, treat that person right, man. Celebrate that day, even if you don't want to. Celebrate it for them to show them that you love them or that you care about them. Yo, black niggas should start bagging white chicks on Valentine's Day just for <laughs> Valentine's Day. Like that week. That might be a come up because these white chicks will take you into that shit, yo. You know what I'm saying? And you might bump into some freak white chick that's going to take you into that shit. Hey, give you bad shit. That, 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 his name is Brian. <laughs> it's Jinx the Muse on Instagram. <laughs> Yo, you gotta relax, man. Don't be shouting about Instagrams. Um, movies coming out this weekend. Just shout out the photograph, dope soundtrack. Um, it star it's produced by Will Packer, more Black Excellence, starring Issa Rae, Lakeith Stanfield, Lil Rel, Courtney B. Davis with Rell, the music. Damn, with the music by Robert Glass. If you wanna actually wanna go to the movies to see some uh. To see some love, I mean, Wait, don't go with Courtney, You said Courtney B. Vance. Yeah, um, Angela Bassett's husband. Oh, that's my nigga, man. That's my nigga. Yo, he 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 bagged that, yo. She yeah. held up well. She holding up well, and he got him an Emmy and shit. Holding uh, up exquisitely. Yeah, <laughs> man. 
He like sixty, yo. I mean, we see her on the red carpets and shit, but I feel as though you can still wash her face. She might still like look like she in her early fifties, and she got the body. You know what I mean? What if she talks like she acts? Like, and you come home like that's what I'll be wondering about. Like when a nigga wife something like that. Mm. Like if she do a soliloquies in the house with that strong ass voice or some shit. <laughs> Or is she chilling the fuck out sometimes? And Joe, she's 61, actually. Oh, we're she going to leave you on that? I were, man. Hopefully she hold it down, man. Yeah, I got to see her with a nigga, though. Like, you know what I mean? Before I get one get in it, I'm going to have to see her with one of y'all niggas first. And then I'll be like, yeah. I'm right. cool. Yeah, you can watch it with me. We be straight. But, yo, shout out to, um, shout out to, uh, shout out to um, Benny. He actually has a uh, a song out. Well, actually, Royce has a song out with Benny on it, and just Benny's just murdering shit, man. Last two years, Benny been the I'm I'm I'll say it. Benny's been the best rapper in the game the last two years, hands down. Period. Point blank. You put out the base. Put out. Nigga, nigga must not heard Trippy Red. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Benny, man. Buffalo, one of Buffalo's finest, man. Benny been putting out the best music. The I best mean, music. Benny's the streets Drake, yo. You know what I mean? He'll hop on anybody's shit anywhere. And he got bars every time. And he know who he's right. spitting it with when it's real spitters. And he give him the real... He, he don't rhyme with Black Thought this year, Pusha T this year, Waste the 5-9 this year. Like, or in the last two... I can't say 20, 2019, so two years, yeah, last two years. Yeah, so... Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, he's been doing that. That's how he's been on it. Um, he He's going for it, man. He's on everybody's project. So, I mean, it's hard to, like, not say he's the best rapper, but also people don't rap anymore. So, you know, it's hard to just yeah, throw that true. out. You know? But still, but to put them balls on. Um, well, last thing just on music that I want to mention, and I'll, I'll probably get into it deep. I was talking to, um, having a conversation with my man Kiss over the past week about where he's going with this album. And um, a lot of y'all have heard, always heard me mention my man Ice Pick. His, uh, his real first name is Ignatius, and uh, Kiss's new album is called Ignatius, and it's going to drop on uh, the 28th or 29th. I can't remember off the uh, top of my head, whatever that Friday, that Monday or Tuesday, well, Friday, excuse me, that whatever that Friday is supposed to drop. And it's going to be more of a introspective album, things that actually myself and Ice Pick spoke to him about doing talking more about the personal things in his life and not just spitting bars and stuff like that. But we'll get into that as, a, as that date comes closer because I heard some, I heard some, a couple of joints off of it um, and shit like that. Other than that, I don't I think we covered everything. Anybody, anything, I don't think anything happened while we was on the, while we was potting just now, right? Uh, they, probably um, no. got a, they probably got a couple more little votes in in New Hampshire, but that's just oh, pretty much holding strong. With uh, Bernie, Buddha Judge, and uh, Klobuchar at the top of that shit. So, I mean, yeah. I can't see it, but it's all right. And sh- oh, shout out to We had um, his high school football team. He actually lettered you know, first year 11. I still don't know what that means, but he lettered. You said, who's this? My son. My son. They had a oh, word, word. football banquet, and um, he lettered. Uh, he he had, it was a first time letterman. I swear to God, I don't know what that means. I even asked people. Who that's like them. when you come to varsity. Varsity. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's any sport. That's dope. Wow. Man. He he's always been your son, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was never your daughter. <laughs> My bad. No disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh, but um, last 
Um, last but certainly not least, um, shout out to Lionel Richie, one of the greatest singers. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, yo, fuck Lionel Richie, nigga. Like 45, 50 years, the cleanest mustache in the game. Transition from the Jerry Curl to the fade. You know what I'm saying? So salute right, to that's salute. your idol. Like you respect <laughs> niggas like that. The fuck? Salute, salute to the. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Listen, man. Any nigga that go get some white chick out the gu- out the gu- out the gutter and go raise it, go raise her up, man. Shout out to the King Lionel Richie, nah. man. I believe you too. He's a nasty nigga, nigga baby. You ever seen Yo. that Boondocks episode? Mm-hmm. With his ex-wife caught him with some white bitch. I think she fucked him up. Shout out to mm-hmm. Lionel Richie, man. Nah, yeah. fuck that nigga. Y'all niggas sound crazy. And as always. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Before we go, two quick things. Mm-hmm. One, this is our podcast. We can get a chance for everyone to listen to better you. Hear it, listen, spread it. Two other podcasts you probably listen to. One, um, it's a Takashi podcast. Super interesting. It's on episode three. If you really want to get into depth and detail about his life and his career, definitely give it a listen. And most importantly, it being Black History Month, I definitely want to give a shout out to Brian. Get a chance to listen to the 1619 podcast. It is a terrific podcast. It's perfect for Black History Month. It's perfect for Black History, period. You should just listen to it. It gets into depth about a lot of things, a lot about society, in very nuanced and interesting ways. You get a chance, give them a listen. Right. <laughs> Fuck Lionel Richie, too. 100. Nah. Let Lionel, let Lionel live. Lionel's the goat. But as always, um, shit, I was just trying to see if I forgot something. But nah, I think I said we covered everything, right? Yes. As always, we want all the smoke. (laughs) As always, uh, you can get at us on IG at Better Than You Pod. We always we want all the praise. We want all the smoke. Until next week, peace. Fuck Lionel Richie. Oh, and shout out to the Obamas for winning an Oscar. We didn't say that, but yeah, shout out to them. Fuck Lionel Richie. And all to all them women that Anthony didn't love. Fuck y'all bitches, y'all. Y'all deserve <laughs> shit for Valentine's Day. That is a nasty-ass nigga. When y'all get a chance, go buy that new Erica Badu incense. Whatever, well, thank you. Ant is a nasty... This That's nigga. it, we done, we done. <laughs> this nigga Ant be looking at bitches in their face like, yo, bitch, this is for niggas that love niggas and I don't love you. That's crazy. <laughs>